morning, church. This morning's scripture lesson is from the Gospel of John, 14th chapter, the first 14 verses. And I'm reading from Eugene Peterson's translation called The Message. Don't let this rattle you. You trust in God, don't you? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you are going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You have even seen him. Philip said, Master, show us the Father, then we'll be content. You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand? To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where's the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Believe me, I am in my Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. This is the word of the Lord. Indulge me into 
watching things that my mom didn't let me watch for a reason. So I remember this show, this was back in Argentina, of course, so it was inspiring, but I remember this show called The Cursed Doll. And The Cursed Doll was a, a man doll who scared everybody and killed people. It was really, really scary, and I had nightmares. My grandma let me watch it. I, I had nightmares over that. So there is this fear that gives us nightmares. I, I don't know if you have fear. I, 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 don't, I don't know you really well. I barely know the name of some of you, but, but, but I wonder if there are people with fear here who are experiencing. Fear is a human emotion, one of the basic human emotions. And having fear, being fearful, it's not bad. The problem is what you do with it, like every emotion, right? Being angry is not bad. What you do with your anger can be really bad. And, and if you allow fear to paralyze you, if you allow, uh, uh, allow fear uh, to stop you from being who you are supposed to be, if you allow fear to give other people power over your life, to control you and oppress you, that's really bad. That can become really bad. Really, really bad. Um, <laughs> I usually say that uh, the opposite of faith is really not unbelief, but fear. When we trust the Lord, we don't need to be afraid or let fear rule our lives. And this is pretty much what Jesus is saying to the disciples at the beginning of this passage. Do not let your heart be troubled. That's a traditional version. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You know me, you know my father, you know where, I, where I'm going. Well, there's a little debate about that, but the issue of fear is that there are fears worse than the fear of the cursed doll or Freddy Krueger for that purpose. And that is among humans, the most recognized fear is the fear of loneliness. The fear of being rejected and abandoned by others. The fear of being rejected is so strong that sometimes we deny who we are. I have an accident, have you noticed? You know how many, I lived in this country 41 years, you know how many times people recommended to me to go take a course to drop the accent. And they said, no way. This is who I am, accent at all. I know. If you take me, take my accent. Hopefully you will understand me anyway. It's like asking, Willie, where's Willie? Where are you with? It's like asking Willie to drop his accent. How can you do that, right? said to me this morning, I'm all Texas. I said, I noticed. <laughs> the fear of loneliness. And when Jesus is telling the disciples, the disciples are scared because he, in several opportunities he let them know casually that he's going to die, that he's going to leave them, 
that they're going to be on their own soon. And of course, that would cause anybody to, to, to be scared. But he says, do not be scared because you're not going to be lonely. You're not going to be lonely. There are many places with my Father in heaven. There are many places and I want to prepare a place for you. Jesus is saying to them, you belong. You belong. And that's the counter fear statement of the century. You belong. Do not be afraid. You belong. Do not be afraid. You belong. And, and, and Jesus is saying to them, God is gathering a community where you belong. And before we go there, somewhere, <laughs> whatever that is, and we're here, this is the community where you belong. The church is supposed to be the community where you belong. Sadly, in our lifetime, we have seen the church becoming the opposite of communities where people can belong. We have seen the churches turning into judgment and condemnation places for people. If, you don't, if I don't like you, you don't belong. That's kind of the statement of faith of so many churches. Let it not be so with urban grace. I know it's not, and that's why I'm here. Amen, amen. We need to continue to give the message to everyone that they belong. If they go through those doors into this place, they belong. The first time. First time they come. First time. If you came today for the first time, I don't know anybody, so I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> of who's new and who's not new. If you came today for the first time, you belong. You belong. Bianca said it in the, in the welcoming. We all belong. We all belong. And that's why I feel that I belong already. That's so nice. It's a wonderful feeling. There is a room for you, and you and you know why? Because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So I want to unpack that for a little bit. Jesus is the way. For centuries, the Christian church has claimed this as a, 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 as a statement of uh, uniqueness. You only come to God through Jesus. You only come to God through Jesus has been the statement for centuries. But if you think about it, if you think about how many people are left out with that statement. People who are wonderful people. When I, when I became a, a Christian, I was 18, when I became a Christian uh, uh, and I heard these statements, I started thinking, what about the Jewish people because they have God and they follow God's commands the best they can like all of us uh, and God is going to reject them because they don't come through Jesus is that what it means that Jesus is the way it, it means that people of faith around the world who just called God by a, by a different name are left out? Is that what it means? 
I've had trouble with that. For years I've had trouble with that. And then I realized that, have you noticed how in, in, in our day, uh, many people who are not church people call God universe? Yeah? If the universe helps me, uh, the universe will do this, the universe will do that, personalizing the universe, and doing nothing but calling God the universe, really. Hmm. So, <laughs> we can call God whatever we want, but we need to realize that there is only one God. I, I, I realized this when I went to Bali, I know our dear friends Teresa and Tiffany went on their honeymoon to Bali. I wanted to chat with them about that because it's, it's a paradise. It's a place that is dreamy. And, and uh, we had a chauffeur. He came to pick us up and, 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 to, and took us places. And it was wonderful. And a great guy. And he had one of uh, on the, on the, um, on the dashboard of the car, he had a little round thing, like a little piece of basket, really round, flat, with flowers on the dashboard of the car, the car. And I asked, what is that? And he said, oh, that's our offering. And then I started walking on the streets and I saw them on the, on the sidewalks. Every so often there was one of them, the little ones, everywhere. We were in a house, they had a little swimming pool outside, and when we came back from the day, let's say five, six, seven o'clock, uh, there were those there. And they had fresh flowers every morning. And, and, and I said, wow, these people know how to worship. These people are really into worship, fresh flowers for God, for their God. So I started asking him, what kind of God, what? I know you have many gods. Oh, we have many gods, many gods. I said, well, what are those gods? And he said, well, we have mainly three. The three main gods, the, the principal gods we have are three. Don't ask me for the, na the names of the gods because right now, if I don't have it written, I cannot remember. But, he said, one is the one who created all things. Okay, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> The second one is the one that sustains all things. I said, oh, that reminds me very much of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, the third one is the God of death and destruction. And I'm like, ooh, do we have one of those? And then I said, we have a savior who saved us through death. So I thought, you're talking about the Trinity. There's only one God. Jesus, when he says that he is the way to God, he means that he came to show us the way of love. Just as people call God the universe, we could call God love. Because scripture says that God is love. We couldn't have it more clear than that. God is love. And Jesus came to show us the way of love love. He's the truth. Not because there are no other truths. Now in postmodernity we know very well there are many truths. We know very well that everybody has their own truth because 
The truth may be something there, but we all have different perspectives on the truth, depending on where we're standing, depending on what kind of glasses we have. But he is the truth of love. I heard many times in churches that uh, Jesus died because God demanded blood. Have you heard this? <laughs> Many of, many of you are recovering from that kind of thinking. I couldn't believe in a God like that. I couldn't believe in a God that needed to kill somebody to make it right for me. Pretty awful. What I think is that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to show us the truth of love of how you live your life when you love, how you help everybody when you love, how you heal people when you love. You're a healing presence in the world because you're full of love and how you are ready to go to the last consequences because you love people too much and everyone, not only those who are in your family or those you like, but everyone. That's why he taught us to, to, to love our neighbors and even to love our enemies, which personally, confession moment, I'm still in the works with that one. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with some personalities. He is the truth of love in our lives. And we can learn about love by reading the gospel, reading the Jesus stories. All stories about love. Even when he got mad. I'll, I'll talk about that some other time. And finally he says, I'm, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I'm the life. And when Jesus says life, he's not talking biology. He's not saying uh, I'm your molecules and your blood on your vein, in your veins. And no, he, he's not talking about our biological life necessarily. Because a lot of people out there can be vertical and not alive. Not alive. So, what does he mean when he says, I'm the life? Well, I'm reminded of, of the same book of John, the same Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, where he says, I have come so you can have life and life abundant. And abundant makes a difference. Because it's not about being vertical. It's not about walking. It's not about opening your eyes in the morning. It's about having true life in you. It's about having enthusiasm for life. It's about having... Uh, goals in your life. It's about having a mission in your life, about having expectations, about having your dreams come true. That's what real life is, abundant life. Abundant life means that you don't need to have a family um, to belong because you can belong with groups of people who open their arms to you. Having a life means that family is what you make of it and not what you inherit. Having a life and an abundant life means that <laughs> you know you're transcendent because 
whatever you do in this life, if you do it with love, it will transcend. And I can not avoid mentioning what I've heard already in this church about Don Summers. And you tell me if his acts of love are not transcending him already. Yes. That was an abundant life. We all can have an abundant life. I think I have an abundant life. I have a joy of life. I have a joy for everything I do. Because everything I do, I do for my Lord. So, <laughs> Jesus gives this big statement. And then he says, and by the way, those things you saw me seeing, the miracles, the healings, the uh, forgiveness, and all those things, you will do even greater things than that. That's, that's, that's a small statement in this passage. <laughs> small statement. And we say, how? <laughs> he says, because, believing that I, that I am God. Believing that I am God. And now, from now on, every time we need something, you need something, you ask me, Jesus says, in my name and in my name, I will grant it to you. I will give it to you. Now, if, if faith at a big scale doesn't, doesn't do it for you because it's too big to grasp, faith at a small scale of I need to be healed and Jesus will heal me in Jesus' name, that should do it. That should do it. It is in Jesus' name that we can cross the mountains. It is in Jesus' name that we can overcome the climate change. Uh, it is in Jesus' name that we can uh, share our love with people and make them feel at home. It is in Jesus' name that we can heal from our deepest wounds. It is in Jesus' name that we gather here together Sunday after Sunday not to hear a nice message but to know that we belong together. So in Jesus' name, I invite you all to embrace as many as you want, as many as you can, and bring them home. Amen. <laughs>